0: Welcome to the End of Innocence. I'm your host, John Young. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Jim Garrison and what he was doing in the almost two-year period between the arrest of Clay Shaw on March 1, 1967 to the start of the trial on January 29, 1969. During that almost two-year time span, Garrison was feeling the heat not only from the national media, but from the government itself. He was making his rounds through media outlets, including the late-night show with Johnny Carson, which we covered last week. This week, we're going to take a look at another interview he had with someone who would become a famous TV personality and reporter. The endorsement Jim Garrison would receive from this person may shock you.
1: Wait for his wife, and back they go to the car. Governor Conley standing in the car with a big 10-gallon hat on.
0: The party now is uh, leaving Dallas Love Field, and uh, of course, as we say, thousands will be on hand for that motorcade now, which will be downtown Dallas.
1: The resident's car is now turning onto to Elm Street, and it will be only a matter of minutes before he arrives at the trademark. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has happened in the motorcade route. There's numerous people running up the hill alongside Elm Street, there by the Simmons Freeway. Several police officers are rushing up the hill at this time. Stand by just a moment, please. Parkland Hospital. There has been a shooting. Parkland Hospital has been advised to stand by for a severe gunshot wound. News: The president and Governor Connolly were shot down by an unknown assailant wielding a possible 30-30 caliber rifle. The motorcade suddenly aborted as the President and Governor Connolly pitched to the floor of their limousine covered with blood. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Attention all squad. The suspect in the shooting at in Houston is reported to be an unknown white male, approximately 30, slender build,
0: height five feet 10 inches, weight 165 pounds, reported to be armed with what is thought to be a 30 caliber rifle no further description at this time or information 1245
1: KKB 360
0: Did you kill the president? No, I've not been charged with that in fact nobody has said that to me yet the first thing I heard about it was when the newspaper reporters in the hall uh, asked me that question. Come on, Come
1: on President. No, they're taking me in because of the fact that I live in the I'm just a patsy.
0: Let out by uh, Captain French. There is a president. There, there is Leon He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's a man with a gun. It's absolute panic. Absolute panic here in the basement of Dallas Police Headquarters. Detectives have their guns drawn. Oswald has been shot. There is no question about it.
1: Oswald has been shot. Mr. Oswald died at 1.07, our time, in the operating room of the gunshot wound, which he
0: had received. In this archive footage, famed CNN personality Larry King talks about how he was an inspiring radio announcer in Miami in the late 60s when he interviewed New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison, who was then in the midst of his investigation into JFK's assassination. At the command of Miami financer Lewis Wolfen, King arranged a dinner with Garrison that included Wolfen, Miami DA Richard Gersten, and Larry King himself. Wolfson was deeply interested in the JFK assassination and Garrison's investigation. At dinner, he offered to quietly provide $25,000 to help finance Garrison's investigation. King agreed to act as a middleman to deliver the monthly allotments of $5,000 to Garrison. King didn't quite hold up to his end of the bargain, which led to his falling out with Wolfson. In the end, King made off with the money. Wolfson had donated to the Garrison investigation, and Garrison, protecting his DA friend Richard Gerson, kept quiet about it. King says he heard things at the Garrison dinner, things that he says remain unreported, that have, quote, always left me open, end quote, on the question of conspiracy in JFK's murder. For example, Garrison played a tape in which an unnamed pilot said he'd been hired to fly to Dallas on November 22, 1963, to pick up someone who he described as Lee Harvey Oswald, and was then to fly him to Mexico. The passenger never appeared at the arranged rendezvous. And later, when King dropped Garrison off at the Miami airport, Garrison's parting words to him were, quote, they're going to kill Robert Kennedy, end quote. This would be months before Robert Kennedy himself would be assassinated.
1: All right, I'm interviewing Jim Garrison. He's a district attorney from New Orleans, and he is investigating the Kennedy murders on his own. Later led to the Moody JFK. Got to know Jim pretty good, liked him. And he was convinced that there was a plot that Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy, was set-up. He may have been part of it, but there was a lot involved. Could have gone back to Cuba. He traced a lot of things, and he thought he was on to something big. Eventually a trial that he lost. So I was friends with Lou Wolfson, who recently passed away. He was a big financier in Miami, known as the great raider of the 50s, and interesting guy, and Lou and I were pretty close. And uh, so Lou, I had dinner with him, subsequent to that, and he said, what did you think of Jim Garrison? He said, that's really interesting. Because Lou was into conspiracies a lot. And I said, well, I'm, I don't know Jim Garrison, but I thought he was a hell of an interview, a hell of a story. He said, well, let's ask Dick Gerstein, and Dick was the district attorney in Miami. What does he think? So Dick says, well, I don't know the particulars of the Kennedy story, but I, I have great respect for Jim Garrison, and by the way, he later became a judge. He said, uh, I, you know, I'm sure Jim thinks he, he's in on something, right? He's in, words, he's not a charlatan. He's not looking for headlines. If Jim says that he feels he's got the story. I don't know the story. So, Lou Wolfson said, can we set up a dinner? So, we had dinner. Me, Dick Gershine, Lou Wolfson, and Jim Garrison. Now, remember, I'm still a heady kid in the, all of this. I'm only in the business just 15 years, maybe 10. You know, I'm still, whoa. Lou Wolfson was like a hero to me, so we're talking, we're talking, and Lou looks at Jim Garrison and says, "What do you need?" Jim says, "Well, um, the state of Louisiana is going to stop financing this, financing this thing I'm on because they you're running out of money. What do you need?" He said, "Well, I need twenty-five thousand dollars." So Lou Wolfson, I tell you what, I'll give you five thousand dollars a month for five months to aid in your investigation. And how do we get the first 5000 to you? We're going to do this in cash. So Dick Gerstein says, uh, so Garrison says, uh, okay, Lou says, all right, Larry, you come to my house, I'll give you 5000 And he was a control freak. And uh, are you going back tomorrow? Yeah, so Larry, you drive Garrison to the airport and give him the 5000 I said, okay. Now, in the subsequent months, we'll set it up. Gerstein will deliver it. Or well, I, I wasn't going to go, so Dick will get it. Somehow we'll get it to him. So I drove him to the airport and gave him the five thousand. I don't. By the way, when he got out of the car, I never forget this. Gets out of the car, looks in on the driver's side, on the passenger side, and says to me, "They're going to kill Robert Kennedy." That's the last words Jim Garrison ever said to me. They're going to kill Robert Kennedy, and he left. Now the next second month came about and Gerstein got the 5000 gave it to him. Now the third month is coming around and Lou Wolfson gives me the 5000 that I'm going to give to Gerstein to give to Garrison. I owed income taxes. I owed about $5,000. So, go, oh, Lou Wolfson now goes to jail on a, a stock fraud. So, we've got the third 5000 So I said to Dick, Gerstein, do you think that I could use the five to pay the taxes and then I'll get the five somewhere and we'll eventually give it to garrison. Well, I never got the five. used it to pay taxes. Gerstein said it would be fine. He explained it to garrison. Lou goes to jail. Lou comes out of jail. During the interim time before he went to jail, he had asked me to see if I could get Richard Nixon to look into his case. Possible pardon or something, or something. He always felt he was innocent, and I felt he was innocent, by the way. This was subsequent to the Garrison thing, prior to the Garrison thing. So, Nixon gets elected. I knew Nixon, I'd interviewed him. I call up Nixon and said, Can I talk to you about something? And the proposal was Wolfson was going to form an organization called Democrats for Nixon, and he would fund it in return for. Nixon should look into his case, the possibility of a pardon. All he wanted to do was look into it. So I fly to New York. Nixon is elected but has not taken office yet. It's a cold night in December. He's at the Pierre Hotel. I call him up. He says, okay, listen, I'll be down about... This is Nixon, president-elect. I'll be down the elevator in about a half hour. Meet me and we'll walk over. I'm going to Washington to name some cabinet members. You'll walk me over to the helipad. I'm going to a helipad. So he comes down off the elevator. Secret services there the reporters. Hey, Larry, I want you. Now we're walking down the street. And he says to me, what brings you to New York? What do you want to see me about? And I couldn't ask him. Something told me this could be big trouble. I just couldn't ask him. So I just said, well, I wanted to make sure I wanted to congratulate you. Um, yeah, you know I'm a Democrat, but... And uh, I hope you come on my show sometimes. Well, you could have asked me that on the phone. I said, yeah, it was nice to see and I was like coming to New York. We walked a few blocks. He went his way. I went my way. I don't forget some reporters following me. Who are you? What was he talking to you about? But I never brought him. Lou goes to jail, and now he's pissed. Then I never asked him. When he gets out of jail, what happened to my 5,000? I used it to pay. So he goes down to Dick Gerstein and charges me with fraudulently taking the 5,000. So Gerstein is strapped, but he's my friend. So they appoint a special prosecutor who's gonna prosecute me on taking the 5,000. Which I never took, was all, anyway, it all blows up. The whole Garrison story breaks. His supporting the Wolfson raising money. And I was uh, indicted. So I lost my jobs. Three months later, the judge throws the whole thing out. But I lost my job. And I paid a price for ego. I let my ego get the best of me. Hey, Garrison, Gerstein, Wolfson, Kennedy. I was in a high. I was always in money troubles, which led me into this. It was my fault. I couldn't say it wasn't my fault. Gerstein had to do it, or he would have been. They would have he was larger than me he was district attorney what was he doing running five thousand dollars from one guy in miami to the district attorney it was really convoluted and uh but it was you know as i look back it's an experience in my life did it affect me later i don't the question is did it affect me i don't know if it did uh I later saw Dick Erstein a lot. He went into private life. He subsequently, everybody died that's associated with this. Everybody died. But I did see some stuff Garrison had that never got into the press or into the trial that has always left me open on this. An interview with a pilot. He played the interview for us at that dinner. A pilot who was hired by this guy in, in New Orleans to fly to Dallas, he's gonna pick up a passenger at the airport, didn't give him the name, but described him with fit the description of Lee Harvey Oswald. You wait at the Dallas airport, this kid's gonna come take him to Mexico. And he paid him $5,000, this pilot, and you will get another five when you come back. And we'll pay for the plane and everything. He said, well, I'm at the airport. The guy never came. I'm listening to this on tape. And Garrison said to Kirstie, what would you do with this? The pilot eventually died of a heart attack. A heart attack that people questioned. But I heard that tape. i a totally believable guy. What do you have to Louisville? You know? The guy never came. I interviewed the cop who arrested Lee Harvey Oswald. My life's been a swirl. He arrested him in the movie theater. After he shot Tippett, Oswald said only one thing on the drive from the movie theater to the jail. I'm a patsy. He didn't say he's innocent. He didn't say just, I'm a patsy. What does patsy mean? Patsy, lends you to think that he was involved in this and someone was supposed to be downstairs at the book depository that wasn't there. And he panicked. Ran around, shot Tippett, ran to a movie theater. Why would he use Patsy? Then he had to be killed, didn't he? See, this is for the conspiracy theorist. Because if Oswald, he's gonna have a ton of information. So you gotta get somebody to kill him who's totally like an innocent. You get Jack Ruby, who loves the Kennedys and who's crazy. You get Jack Ruby to do, it. you can't do it, you the conspirator. You're gonna get caught, but you got to get rid of Oswald. And I'm in the swirl of all this. I mean, I've heard all this stuff.
0: Three things from this interview that stand out to me that I'd love to have cooperated. One. The last words jim garrison ever said to larry king they're going to kill robert kennedy two the part about the taped interview of the pilot sounds like that could have been david ferry who was going to be a key witness in the garrison investigation until he was found dead under mysterious circumstances in his apartment and three the arresting cop who mr king spoke to saying that lee harvey oswald said quote i'm a patsy end quote Did this officer or others ever admit publicly to hearing Oswald say this, aside from the famous time he was filmed saying it, in the hallway of the Dallas Police Department? Interesting to note that Larry King says he thinks, quote, Someone was supposed to be downstairs at the book depository that wasn't there, and Oswald panicked, end quote. King doesn't say why he thought Oswald was specifically meeting someone downstairs at the School Book Depository, rather than Oswald being on his way to meet someone at the Texas Theater or Oswald's boarding house, who might take him to the airport. If Oswald had realized that he was a patsy at that early stage, then a number of things must have gone wrong in a short time for him to come to that conclusion, including perhaps no one meeting him outside the Texas School Book Depository to take him to the airport to Mexico. This was a very interesting interview. It's clear that Larry King is a level-headed guy who believes in a conspiracy because he thought more about the case than the average person does. The idea that Oswald was supposed to meet someone on the first floor is interesting to me. The fact is he acted like a man bewildered by what was happening to him when he departed the Texas School Book Depository and hurried home for a weapon. Perhaps again he was lied to about meeting a confederate at the movie theater. As such, the passy line rings true. It seems someone was supposed to murder Oswald before he could be arrested. Maybe that was Tippett. But it didn't get done, and Oswald was captured alive and had to be taken care of the next day by Jack Ruby. Next week on the end of Innocence The JFK Assassination, we are finally at the trial of Clay Shaw. We will cover what happened in that trial and the verdict. We'll see you next week.